dead than all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Happy Thursday. Hope you're all doing well. Yes, sir. We had a nice day today. Yeah. I was a little late on this one. I was like, I was, I was like, evening, and it's like, wow, whoa, oh my goodness. I better record an episode, son of a gun. Well, anyway, you're here, I'm here, we're both here, let's talk, or at least let me talk anyway. What else are you going to do? I want to talk about faking it, which is a major tool in the Game Master's arsenal. And we will talk about that after this. Okay, faking it. This is mostly for the newbies out there, okay? There are times in games when there's a procedure for something, but I'm not going to stop and look it up. And I think I know it, but maybe I don't know it. I am not going to stop the game and look something up. Unless another player wants to do it, I'm okay with that. As long as I can get myself out of it, it's a fake it till you make it situation. And every game master does it. But, you know, there are times when you do it enough that you think, are the players on to me? Do they really, did, did they notice? I just sort of like, you know, brush that rule aside just for expediency's sake or something. This is sort of something I was thinking of when I cut that, that, that battle short uh, Monday. Because I was thinking, you know, that worked out all right. Because they had the rules for quick encounters in Savage Worlds, but I never looked at them. I mean, I looked at them, but I didn't look at them on the table, I should say. I've read them before, and they make kind of sense. I, I was a little, you know, it's a little... Me, you know, my head dense. What can I say, you know? It's like a block of wood sometimes, and I just, sometimes it's one of those things like I talked about in an earlier episode where you don't quite get what they're talking about. It's like you get 90, 95% of what they get. And so what I did was just do my own interpretation of that, knocked it down to a couple of rolls, how the rest of the battle's going. Because it was getting near time, we had to go. So that was me faking it, pretty much. I kind of got the idea in the book. I mean, I knew where I was going with this. And I want and once again, I say don't worry about it. I say if the players are still engaged and they still have the free will or the illusion thereof, of course, then it's okay. It's okay. They don't need to know. You do, even if you and if you're one of those people who say after the game, "Oh, you know, I was doing that thing, that, and the other thing." And if they're any kind of good players, and I'm sure they're all good players, they're gonna they're gonna look at you and say, "Yeah, it was fun." First of all, whenever I whenever I finish a session, one of the first things I always say was, "What'd you guys think? You like it?" And nine times out of ten, they like it. And then I will see something like, well, you know, that one spot, I kind of knew what to do, was not sure, so I sort of just sort of made it up. I was, it was, it's an informed, it's, how, how do they say it? It's an informed guess. 
because I kind of understood what they were, what the book was getting at, but I ran it through my own filter in my head to make it make sense to me. And sometimes you just dither to dither behind that screen. It's one of those things where you go, okay, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to make it sound like I'm thinking about it. And let me tell you, let me tell you, you're going to love it, and it ain't going to matter in the long run, you know? As long as you can come, as long as you can game master a consistently good session, they're not going to care. They really aren't. There are some people who are rules lawyers who who a stickler for that kind of thing. But if you can keep them engaged, that's the whole point. Now, afterwards, I go back and I look at the book and I say, okay, this is what I did wrong. Next time I do this, I'll correct it, which is something you should do. And, and sometimes if you come up with something better, keep using it. You know, they have chase rules in here. And they're nice chase rules, but I can figure out a. if I have to do a quick chase, I can use the quick encounter rules. And, in fact, I, oh, I have it bookmarked right here in the book. And it just shows you, it reduces it to a couple of rolls. It's just the way they did it and the way I did it were a little different. But it doesn't matter. This is why they say you make the game your own. This is why they say these are not rules but guidelines. Because it's almost, what I'm trying to say is it's almost like the books are rules, but how shall I say this? Yes, they are guidelines because in a regular role-playing session, that's all you can do. Yes, the bare bones of the system work like, you know, rolling against armor class for hit points in D&D. Yes, the basic framework, the skeleton is the same. You understand that. To me, you understand that, you understand the game. That's There's no two ways about it. That you understand the combat, you understand character creation, and you understand how the, the, the level of advancement works, you're home free. Everything else is guidelines. It has to be. I think Gary understood that. I think the other people understood it. It has to be guidelines because players will do what players will do. They will do things you don't think of. This is where they make the game fun. Now, there are some rule sets out there. <coughs> <laughs> Pathfinder <laughs> that just you know they just rule it to death they just you know they just keep going with okay if you did they do this use this system if you do that use that table you and believe me that that is not my thing it is really not as you know it's just that when when the players get going I, it's it's almost to me it's a cardinal rule you do not look at the book in the heat of the game in the heat of an encounter in the heat of battle you this is where you make the rulings not rules now if you go back and look at the book after the game you know off off the game off the table that's good you can memorize that more in your head but if you got it in your head use it if you don't come up with something and then correct it later. If you want to correct it, this is how house rules are made. Sometimes you come up with something that works so well for you, you keep it. So don't worry if you think, oh, they're on to me. Oh, you know, the, the worst thing you want to do is to tell them in the middle, in the heat of, 
in the heat of the encounter or the heat of role-playing, I don't know what to do. You don't do that. I played a second edition uh, campaign of Night Below where we did something. We, we ran up against that shrine dedicated to the god of slimes, molds, and jellies, and we activated the damn thing because we were trying to desecrate it. And every time we went down, there were more and more and more slimes, mold, and jelly going up, 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 up. And the guy would sit there and go, oh, my God, I don't know what to do with you guys. I don't know how you guys, and he ended up canceling the, stopping the campaign. We never finished it because of what we did. Now, that's on us as players. That's on us because this is what we did. But you can't tell me that. I know he hadn't ran. His thing was, well, I hadn't run in a long time. I I hadn't DM'd in a long time. Okay, fine. But at the same time, I'm wondering, if I played in your campaign a long time ago, would you be doing this? I hope not. Because it doesn't want me, it really doesn't encourage me to play play with you again. Because doggone it, you got to think on your feet. And like I said, if it works better for you than what's in the rule book, use it. Write it up as a formal house rule. That works too. So that's the kind of thing you got to consider. Remember, guideline the framework of framework of of there's the the basic rules, then there's the guidelines, which is everything else. I mean, the DMG, the first edition DMG was like that. They they just gave you, well, if this, that, that, this. And it was, from what I understand, for tournament's sake. But at the same time, some people took it as gospel, and it's like, that's how you got rules lawyers. But anyway, that, I'm beside the point. But anyway, like I said, don't worry if they think they're on to you. It doesn't matter. They're having fun. They're engaged. They're in the story. Just don't, don't do anything like railroad them or anything. Give them free choice. If they're fine, if you have to cut something short like that, do it and just don't worry about it. Because if they walk away with smiles on their face and talking about what happened, you've done your job. You're a success. Remember that. Now, i got to go start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognar at gmail.com, or you can drop a voicemail from me on, from me on Anchor. To me, yeah. And we are monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program, and I would thank you. Thank you again, Jonathan, Oliver, Gilbert, Juan Carlos, Daniel, Dan, Benjamin, and John Allen. Don't forget to listen to Dan Gregg's The Young Y-U-N-G Grognard Podcast, and also there's two on Anchor, Mark C. Walring's The Yawning Albert Podcast, and John Allen Large's The Red Dice Diaries. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air.